because the pilgrimages that that I host are quite deep and they're profound, it, it is an opportunity for people to really see themselves in ways they wouldn't normally because you're stepping out of the day-to-day -day rhythms and rituals that you engage with. And so you're forced to see parts of yourself that maybe you wouldn't notice. Welcome to the Foxy Mama podcast, where creativity meets parenthood. I'm your host, Lindsay Brace, and each week we'll explore the world of creative entrepreneurship and business through the lens of motherhood. Join us as we chat with inspiring mamas and parents sharing their stories, insights, and the art of balancing it all. Whether you're an artist, entrepreneur, or just navigating parenthood, this is your space to find inspiration, helpful tips, and support. Now let's get Foxy Mama. I'm Lindsay Brace, host of the Foxy Mama podcast, and I'm going to allow my guest to introduce herself. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm Rama, and there's so much I could say about my work, but uh, I would say the the highlights are that I crafted this business that has evolved over time called Earth Seed Temple Arts. And within that, I offer astrology, a mystery school, and pilgrimages to really awaken the heart of women in connection to our earth and the heart of Mother Earth. Love your journey. And you are one of the first people um, when I moved um, to meet in, in real life. Um, and we enjoyed some tea together and you just had such a great energy and a presence and your journey has been so remarkable. I love seeing, um, your trips to Egypt and, um, the groups that you hold, um, space for there is just something that I want to do in the future. Um, but as I said, your journey has been remarkable. Um, and I want to talk about conscious parenting um, and how that influenced your approach to your entrepreneurship and what lessons you have learned from balancing both those roles, all your roles, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay. Um, for me, they absolutely go hand in hand on so many levels. I really began the first incarnation of my business in 2008. And at the time I was a birth and postpartum doula. I'd been teaching yoga for a few years prior, but I, it was in that year of 2008 that I leapt out of my stable job and just started working completely for myself. And it was at the beginning of that year, I was in a, Kundalini prenatal yoga teacher training. And I got exposed to Waldorf education and newborn consciousness and prenatal consciousness. And it was through that that my own consciousness really opened and expanded. And a couple of years later, I found myself pregnant and began my own journey as a mother. And so for me, conscious parenting has really fed into my business and allowed me to see my business as an evolution, not just as this stagnant sort of entity. In fact, as an astrologer, one of the things 
I love to work with people who have businesses are looking at like the astrology of their business, their business's birth chart, because your business has its own sort of cosmology and personality and needs just like a child does. And I consider myself in many ways like the mother of two, one being my daughter, which of course she will always come first, but also my business is like a baby and it's really about, well, she she's grown beyond baby, but it's really about honoring that the business has its own unique identity and needs. And I know that this is a belief that I, I think is catching on more and more in these days that having a business really is a form of a spiritual practice. And I think for those of us who are mothers and who are entrepreneurs, we can really give ourselves a lot more grace and, and space and compassion when we can um, relate to our businesses in that way and utilize um, some of the things we learn from conscious parenting and feed it into our business and vice versa. Looking at some of the tools we might learn as a business owner and feed those into our parenting. So yeah, I love how you're offering this platform to really nurture women in this in the states. It's beautiful. Thank you for saying so. I just it's came to me. Like I knew that I wanted to start a podcast for a very long time. And um just I was like, oh, it should be about this, it should be about that. And with rebranding my business and everything. It just was just like here. The universe wants you to do this. The universe wants you to share women's stories, shares, share mothers, parents' stories about that work, that life, all the balance in between. Um, because it's not cookie cutter. It's not um, linear. It's like, whew. and it's important that we share our journeys. Um, and, you know, you had... Um, summarized your, your journey from, you know, learning a, a few different things and then becoming a mother. Now, um, your child's almost a teenager, correct? Right? Yeah. She's, she's 12. She's in seventh grade and she'll be 13 in January. And I am just like, I can't believe it. <laughs> it, it flies so fast. Yeah. And with your like travels and experiences, you've had the opportunities to witness like various walks of life all around the world. Um, and I'm sure you're exposing her to all those different cultures. Um, and how do you, um, kind of present that and, um, help other, uh, mothers and empower mothers and, and, and parents just in general, um, from the conscious choices that you're making in your parenting journey, in your, um, way of living your journeys all around the world, experiencing all those different cultures, um, as well as integrating them into your own parenting style and the life that you and your daughter share. Yeah, that's that's such a, a big question. Um, for me, I think it it just it all comes back to this sort of concept of evolution. And I say that and I'm I'm like 
as I'm speaking to you, I'm looking at this art that I made that's actually in sort of honor of my business that sits uh, on the wall above where I work. And in the center is this very large spiral. And I'm also an artist. Like when I was in undergraduate school, I studied was interdisciplinary art. And I was a studio art maker and thought that that was what I was going to do professionally. And I've come to kind of see my work, especially pilgrimages, as like these installations, these art installations that are an offering to the earth and also an offering to all of those who are courageous enough to come on these journeys. And I think so much of what I've learned to do through my work is to model what I want to see more of within the world. And so when my daughter reached the age of seven and a half, I felt like she was going to be ready to begin to travel with me on pilgrimage. And as much as I can, I incorporate her into my global pilgrimages because like you said, I want her to be infused with this witnessing of other cultures and also connecting into these sacred sites that live across our earth's body. So it is really um through that modeling that I feel like I'm able to inspire other attendees who come on the pilgrimages. And I would say uh, probably the women I work with, it's about half and half, half are mothers and half are not mothers or parents, you know, and um what I can most do is is model my own evolution and my own spiralic journey. So as an artist, the the spiral always made it into every work I created, whether it was a sculpture, a painting, ceramic piece. And I really feel that I walk this spiral path. And and it's it's interesting because, you know, I, I shared with you how the first incarnation of my business so focused on birth and postpartum and really serving new and young parents in that great transition. And at this time now, when my daughter is about to turn 13, I'm also looking to how can I invigorate, reinvigorate some of the teachings I was sharing back in 2008, 2009, 2010, and bring them into this current manifestation of my work. And I really see that as this like next layer on the spiral that I'm walking. And all of it's just sort of coming together layer by layer. And like you were saying with the beginning of your podcast, you know, a lot of times it's about really listening. It's like listening and witnessing like what is before me and how can I best be of service in this moment? And I feel like for me, it has been such a gift to be able to do this pilgrimage work. I, I don't take it for granted at all, especially because in 2020, I had multiple pilgrimages planned and I had to cancel two of them, you know, because of the global lockdown. But I still was able to kind of sneak away to Egypt in December of 2020 for the, for the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn and winter solstice. So I, I went on my own journey, but you know, like 
there was a there was a time where for most of us we couldn't travel in the world and i don't want to take that for granted you know because i know we're at a time where our earth is shifting so rapidly and um to be able to go to different places and connect in with different cultures and to see how children are tended to in other cultures is one it's like a phenomenon to witness you know and like as a child i grew up in germany for 3 years from 1986 to 1989 and uh that was one of the most formative times of my life and for me it was so enriching to be in a culture that was not an american culture um at that stage of my development and i still feel like i've been influenced by that in my own parenting and in just the way i live my life yeah and then to be in germany during that time too is such a pivotal shift with everything that happened during that time um yeah yeah i was there when the berlin wall came down and yeah yeah yeah. Now, um, we're talking about your, you know, go- global pilger- pilgrimages here. Sorry, my <laughs> got caught up there. Um, but can you explain, uh, for our listeners, like what exactly are your global pilgrimages offerings? Um, and kind of summarize them a little bit. Yeah. So I myself first started going on pilgrimage in 2003. And the first place I went to was Glastonbury, the, what is known as the land of Avalon. And it, that space, which is like the heart chakra of the earth has been so near and dear to my own personal journey and my own, uh, what we could say like spiritual development as a being on this planet. And so there was a part of me that dreamed of perhaps one day bringing women to this land. And it started to take form in 2017, which was the first year that I led a pilgrimage and it was to Glastonbury. So generally speaking, these pilgrimages, they're, they're long. You know, I mean, if you look at the definition of a pilgrimage, it is, um, quite often a walking journey. That's like the pure definition of the word. It's like a walking journey that is in honor of um, devotion of some kind, like honoring some other force or frequency that's outside of ourselves. So this could be God, goddess, um, whatever sort of higher frequency someone is connecting to. And there's the Santiago Trail, which is a well-known like walking pilgrimage, which is a very beautiful um, journey from the Christian tradition that many people know of. And Paulo Coelho, the amazing writer, wrote a book about it called Pilgrimage. Um, so I really, in, in the pilgrimages that I offer, I really like to uh, lean into how can we really walk upon the earth. We may not walk solely as a part of our journey, but there is um, a lot of movement that is taking place on the earth itself. And that's really important, especially for us in the times that we live in, because we're becoming so much more um, intrinsically connected to technology. And by that very nature, we're spending less time in nature. And 
So pilgrimage is such a powerful time to unplug, step away from your daily life, to go on a sacred journey that has some particular theme or focus for an extended amount of time, at least two weeks, maybe three weeks. And in that exploration to connect to the earth as we as humans are like these moving, living, breathing crystals. And when we connect with sites on the earth, we can actually have an energetic exchange with the earth and with the the codes, the information that is like encapsulated at particular sites on the planet. Like we can think of, you know, the Great Pyramid. I think every human being can you know, agree that the Great Pyramid is a sacred site and that there's something phenomenal happening there. Um, so these pilgrimages have definitely evolved into, um, they're, they're like these living installations on the land and each one has its own unique theme. And it is something that I really have like this conversation with a higher force, I would say, in receiving what the theme wants to be. Like these pilgrimages are intentionally crafted with astrology and what is the astrology of that moment when we'll be traveling. It is um, a weaving of the special energies of that land and the particular sites. And then there's also like a tuning into who are the women that are called to join? Because every container is going to be unique and every constellation of the women who are called to say yes is going to be unique. So they're all, um, you know, each one has kind of like specific um, qualities to it that you will see in each pilgrimage. Um, but they're all, they are are there each one of them is has a unique frequency and like a gift that is um going to be explored and received by the participants yeah um you had mentioned that um different women are called basically like there's all different groups and you know i took that to mean like women coming together from all walks of life, yet somehow they've all managed to come together at that certain place at that certain time. And they're holding something all in common that they need to support each other or grow from one another, learn, um, change, evolve, witness, um, right in that given moment of time. Um, and it just aligns. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, before, like with the podcast, the universe was like here, like listen, open, open. Um, and the same has, has gone for my own pilgrimage as a mother, um, and, and journey within that and the people that I'm meeting and the people that I'm, um, you know, re-meeting or reconnecting with are exactly the people that I need to be, um, in front of, need to be around, need to be supported by, need to support. Um, have you, like, what have you witnessed in the women who participate? And how do you incorporate the pr uh, principles of women and empowerment with conscious motherhood for those that are mothers? Um, and even for those that aren't mothers, because I feel as women, we are all 
mothers. Um, even before the actual birth journey, um, we have that mother ability and whether it's, you know, mothering a plant or mothering a human, um, or even just our own energies, there's just all of that. Um, we have that power within us. Um, so sorry for going off on a tangent, but what transformations like have you witnessed in the women who participate? Oh, the, the transformations have been profound. And I feel like for many of the participants, it's not something that maybe they're fully conscious of right away. Like, yeah, they'll come home, especially when we go to Egypt, because Egypt is just such a striking land and a very different culture from what many Westerners have been exposed to because modern day Egypt is uh, primarily a Muslim culture. And, um, you know, I mean, the modern day Egyptians for the most part are not practicing what the ancient Egyptians were. So you're kind of experiencing two cultures simultaneously that that are new for most people. Um, but I, I do find that l like each pilgrimage has its own theme and, and title and frequency that we're working with. And the women who are magnetized into that container, it is like they're each coming to receive something very specific. And I do think that in many ways, there's like a soul agreement to congregate and to have an exchange. And I witness it, like for me as the facilitator of the pilgrimage, I don't have a lot of downtime and pilgrimages to really hang out with people. Like I'm, I'm hanging out as much as I can, right? But I'm also like holding the container and holding the anchor. However, I do get to see how other women are able to really form these special, strong bonds. And some of them, you know, birth a friendship that is something that will carry them through the rest of their life. And this is usually with someone who doesn't live in their local community that they probably wouldn't have met any other way, you know. Um, so, so the, the transformation, it, it, really, I think it hits people once they get home and they start to integrate with their families or their daily lives. And they realize, wait, I'm not quite who I was. And whatever behaviors or things I was engaging with in my life beforehand, if a, if a person, if a participant has not been fully in energetic alignment with what their soul wishes for them to express in this lifetime, quite often after a pilgrimage, they're going to be led upon a series of transformations that is going to help them redirect their life. And so I cannot emphasize enough the, the level of transformation that people experience in pilgrimage. And I, for me, that is why that's one of the greatest motivations of why I do this work because it's not easy work. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's not easy to take a group of people abroad and it's only gotten more challenging. You know, I mean, it was really different pre pandemic, but post pandemic, it's only gotten more challenging because people are um, much more sensitive and vulnerable and their needs are different. 
and um, also is the facilitator of the pilgrimage um, because the pilgrimages that that I host are quite deep and they're profound. It, it is an opportunity for people to really see themselves in ways they wouldn't normally because you're stepping out of the day-to-day rhythms and rituals that you engage with. And so you're forced to see parts of yourself that maybe you wouldn't notice. And as the facilitator, sometimes that projection of like what people don't want to see will, will land on me. And I've learned to just not take it personally at all and just kind of hold, hold it and let them project whatever they want. And I think that that is so related to being a parent too, you know, especially as our children age, you know, when they're infants and toddlers, it's a little different. But in, in Waldorf philosophy, there's a big discussion around, um, <clears throat> what happens every seven years, which we can see those are Saturn cycles, but then also like the nine year change is a big change. And so the ages of seven and nine are very important in adolescence. And then of course, as a child is preparing for puberty, there's a lot of shifts and our children are going to, as they start to kind of separate, energetically from the home and the parents and they start to look more to the outside world, they're going to project things on parents that aren't always true and they're not always going to like their parents, right? <laughs> like, And if you're a really good parent, you're going to ultimately be a parent to your child first and foremost because our children can have many friends in life, right? But they're only going to have two parents, theoretically speaking, you know, for just speaking like biologically and what we would expect, right? I mean, I know some of us have very complex family systems these days, but theoretically a child's only going to have two parents and it's up to us as conscious parents to really hold um, loving, kind firmness at times for children. And I find in pilgrimage, that is also kind of called for me as the facilitators to hold something um, so that people can go through these portals of change and really see it through to the other side. Love the products you're hearing us chat about on the Foxy Mama podcast? Find all the featured items on my personal Amazon shops page at amazon.com slash shop slash the Lindsay Boo. Happy shopping. Navigating parenthood and motherhood um, in general is, is all about discovery and personal growth um, and rediscovery, um, not just for the child, but for the parent, you know, as, as well. Um, and I've just noticed how much I've shifted and how I've grown, um, in my own, my, my own motherhood journey, um, and things that I'm unlearning, um, things that, you know, the, the learned behavior that I want to, you know, steer away from the, um, oh, don't cry aspect, you know, um, and, just letting that shine through, letting the, um, letting shining, let shining through the ability to change, um, the ability to grow. And I love just watching my, my son as he is you know, discovering the world. Um, I, I think of him when he saw jellyfish for the first time and he was just 
watching them as they like moved and he would follow the one all the way up and his eye would catch another one and he'd look at it and like have this, what are they look on his face? And he's like, oh, and then this ah moment of, wow, these are beautiful creatures. And that had me looking at that in a whole other way. Like I've seen jellyfish dozens of times, you know, like, but here I was in this moment looking at him through his lens, you know, so rediscovering that. And it's just this, this new journey, um, and in itself, a, a pilgrimage, right? Um, the amount of times I walk up and down the hallway looking for <laughs> what I'm, like, oh, what was I in this room for? Um, but not only that, just, just in general, like, and it's just been so powerful and so healing. Um, I, for myself, I was even battling, should I be a mother aspect? Um, should I have kids? Uh, oh, I'm going to wait until I've healed X, Y, and Z, or I need to work on this. Um, and it, and my, you know, becoming pregnant, it was like perfectly aligned in this like weird way. Um, my husband and I were trying for several years and then I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm just going to relax. And my friend's hosting this, you know, beautiful retreat. I'm going to go to that. And right before I pulled the trigger on buying the retreat, I was like, well, I feel a little funny. Um, and took a test and here I was pregnant um, and then the whole, you know, journey, um, the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, I was like, am I ready? Reading all the books, reading books about Montessori, reading books about Waldorf, reading books about just general, um, what to expect when you're expecting. But the thing is, everything is different, right? Every journey is different. Um, and we're all just figuring it out as we go along and, it's not even just the motherhood journey. It's the life journey. And my son, even though he's seven months old, has taught me so much about life, so much about regrowth, about change, about the ability um, to just listen and to, to be. Um, and I just absolutely love that. And um, the pilgrimage that you offer have that are offering that, uh, for women, you know, as you said, like whether it's two weeks or three weeks or however long the pilgrimage, they're coming there as one person and they're leaving as, as another. Um, and they may not notice it during the pilgrimage, but they get back and they're, you know, with their families or, or loved ones or just in the community and they see things a little different or they hear things a little different, um, or completely different. Um, how do you think, that, um, you know, navigating that parenthood and the motherhood journey, um, for your own personal growth and self-discovery kind of influenced his, your services, um, at, uh, Earthsea Temple Arts and aiding women in their journey of empowerment and conscious parenting. Um, how do you think it all like flows together? I know it's such a heavy question, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, first and foremost, I definitely feel like like my daughter is my greatest teacher. And I'm always looking at my relationship with her and where it is at any given moment. And 
I look at my work and, and my business and I look at how can I continue to evolve my business so it's also serving me in my mothering so I can serve my daughter in a more present way. So it's, it's, it's very much like this, like being on the pulse and like, um, constantly like, you know, of course there's those times where your hands are like the sleeves are rolled up and you're in it, but then there's also times where you kind of have to step back and reflect. So it, it is, it is about deep listening and a deeper awareness. And I think also it's been a journey around like letting go of shame and guilt as well, which I, I don't think gets spoken to enough for, um, for mothers and like the things that we might do away from our children, you know? And when I first started doing pilgrimage work, um, my daughter was too young to come. And so being away from her for three, four weeks at a time was heart wrenching. And I had to really focus on, um, what was right within myself because I even had, um, women, other mothers in my community that were judging me. Like I had one woman give me unsolicited advice and tell me that I shouldn't be away from my child for that long and that I was going to regret it. And, um, that really stuck with me. Like I, I really felt guilty for some time. And then I had to look at why did I feel guilty? Like, you know, what I'm going to let what other people think about me dictate my choices and my actions. I mean, I think we're all looking at the ramifications of that in our world these days of, of what happens when we're motivated by attempting to people please. Like it, it doesn't usually end well for anyone involved. And so definitely I look at my shifting relationship with my daughter and I look at like, what are her needs and how can I be present for her and how can I build my work around that? So it is very much kind of like this call and response, if that makes sense. Um, and also, you know, I've always had a very open communication style with my daughter, like even at a very young age, um, I, I always spoke to her like she could understand my words and my intention and my meaning. I didn't make weird sounds at her. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would sing things and, you know, but I didn't do the baby speak that some people do. And it, it's not in judgment to, to that, but like, I just felt like this being is highly evolved already and must be treated as such, must be revered as such. And so anytime I've struggled with like feeling guilty about having to do certain things for my work and, and how that would maybe perhaps leave a deficit in my time with my daughter, I've been very straightforward with her and I've shared with her my feelings and what does she need? And, and we've been able to converse about it. And I think that that has been really important for me. And I think it's important for any mother who also runs a business or 
even just runs a household. You know, it's easy to let our daily lives slip away. And I think it's just always important to check in and listen to that call and response and what the needs are because our outer collective world is shifting so rapidly and it's going to continue to shift quite rapidly. I can say that as an astrologer and knowing like we're in a marathon and we're not really even at a halfway point yet. I know people don't want to hear that because I know a lot of us are like, oh, how much more like collective transformation can we go through? But we have to pace ourselves. And part of that is like pacing ourselves in our homes and really making the home a sanctuary, you know, making our home a safe haven and making our home a respite from whatever's happening in the outer world. And I think, you know, as um, women who parent and run businesses, it's also important to look at the business and make it as much of a sanctuary as possible as well. And really just keep that energy of sacredness around these things because it is precious. Like there's a lot we can't control in the outer world, but we can control our own reactions and how we move through life. And that through that elegant modeling that teaches our children, it empowers, you know, the clients we connect with. Like it just continues to keep us all like in a kind of harmonic energy that we can learn and listen and grow from one another. Exactly what you were saying is like communication, right? Communication is, is key for everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and to have that communication with your daughter. Um, I have that communication with my son. He's like I said, he's an infant. Right. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, would say like, well, why do you, you know, why are you asking if you could pick him up? Like, yeah. be like can I pick you up? Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll put out his arms or he'll lift his head and like make that like people don't give babies enough credit. They come out knowing exactly what they're supposed to do really like my son came out of the womb right and within 30 seconds I was breastfeeding him you know I put him right on there you know um and just witnessed him like crawl up and go right for it and it was just like this beautiful moment of me catching my son putting him on my chest then him wiggling and being like ah you know um and having that exchange this communi- this nonverbal communication, um, as well. And, um, I know that we, we don't have much time here. Um, so I do appreciate everything that, you know, we've, we've discussed here. I just want to touch on a few more things, um, being recommendations. If you have any recommendations, um, for, uh, uh books or, um, things that, you find helpful in your day to day. That's, that's so big. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I are, are, is there a particular topic that you're thinking of? Um, no, well, I mean, you mentioned, um, it wasn't the alchemist. Oh, you the, mentioned, the pilgrimage. Um, yeah. The pilgrimage book. Um, would you find that helpful for a lot of, um, listeners to kind of, check out um in their in their own journey whether it be you know their i mean 
Honestly, it, if I was going to recommend any of Paulo Coelho's, I would yeah. recommend The Alchemist over it that. Is, I mean, I read that um, book once I or twice it, a year. It's a... Yeah. Yeah. It's like a classic. And like, yeah, my daughter's already read it like three times. You know, it's like very available for many different levels. Um, I do, I do love that book. Um, I'm the kind of person, it's hard for me to like just pick like one or two books because I've been such an avid reader from such a young age. And, um, as your books are all like, behind you. Yeah. Well, yeah, these are just a yeah. portion, but like, and like the thing is, is like people think that like, oh, there's a book where like I, I'm like learned so much and I, I've really like taken little mm -hmm. bits from so many sources. Um, I'm just trying to think about what I'm currently reading and that there's nothing that it is like popping out. So. I'm going to say uh, pass on the question. Pass on the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no worries. As I was, I was like thinking. I was like, oh, I mean, I mentioned, or you had mentioned, you know, uh, creating that space, right? And I was like, oh, I forgot to, you know, mention like I'm in this space that we're now changing all around um, mm -hmm. to kind of have you know, that, okay, this is my workspace. I'm setting these boundaries. I'm only like, cause in the past I would take my laptop into bed with me. And I noticed that I wasn't sleeping yeah. that well. Yeah. No, that's a um, big thing. And that's thing. because I was, sh yeah, I was shifting the, the energy there. It was not, um, a good place to work. Um, yeah. because that's where I'm supposed to be resting. And, and, totally. um, so just kind of creating that space. And as I'm in the midst of it all now, um, and trying to, f you know, figure out where everything goes, it's kind of like this metaphor for, for life. Um, but I do want to talk about you are, um, you offer a lot of, a lot of, uh, things, but you have, uh, the seven keys to cultivate your unique daily practices available as a complimentary auto auto yeah. download. Um, and I want to um, kind of explain what that is for listeners and um, viewers and how they could access that and where they can find you um, across, you know, the world. Yeah. Wide web. <laughs> well, that's, that's a, a gift I recorded for people because I had so many different people writing to me or asking me like, how can I create my own, daily practice. And so that audio download um, offers these seven key principles to what I consider are non-negotiable in any daily practice. And so if you go to my website, earthseedtemplearts.com, and um, you'd be prompted to sign up for my weekly Venetian love notes. And when you sign up for those, you receive the audio download. Um so my website is a great place to connect with my one-on-one -on -one astrological readings and the different events that I host. I host a women's circle that I've done here locally in Asheville for nine years now, every month, the night before the new moon. And I also have a ton of different events that roll through that um, have global offerings so people can join in anywhere. And I have my own podcast, Stars, Stones, and Stories, which comes out every other week. And it um, discusses the current astrology and some of the energetic themes we're working with collectively. 
Um, I'm on Instagram at Earthseed Temple Arts and also on YouTube. Um, you can search Earthseed Temple Arts and find a number of videos that I have, like some really kind of old, almost like vintage videos of Kundalini yoga and meditation. So if people are looking for support in that way and um, some of the interviews I've done with some pretty phenomenal people out there. Um, so those are like the main ways to stay connected in these days. And I also, um, in November, I'm going to be teaching uh, my foundational astrology course called Skywalkers. And then this beautiful embodiment course called Earth Seed that helps people ground and anchor to the earth and really good for people on a spiritual journey and looking um, how to understand some foundational principles. Well, thank you so much for being here, sharing the space, yeah, sharing your you. wisdom, your journey, your stories, um, and everything in between. Um, I am so grateful um, to have you here um, in this little space as I go around <laughs> this video, but I will link um, everything in our show notes as well as um, links in our social media. Um, and again, thank you so much uh, for being here with me and being one foxy mama. Aww, thank you, Lindsay. It's been thank an you. honor to circle up with you. I appreciate it. The Foxy Mama podcast is here to entertain and share general insights. Our content is not a substitute for personalized advice from professionals like financial advisors, physicians, or therapists. So enjoy the Foxy vibes, but consult the superheroes for personalized advice.